This is a Centre for Stories podcast. I'm Claudia from the team here at the Centre for Stories. And before I introduce you to our story for this week, I'm going to share with you one of our upcoming events. On August 29th, our monthly dinner and storytelling event, Bread and Butter, returns with local storyteller, Zena Ibrahim. Zena is a dentistry student, visual artist, poet, and social justice advocate. She is well known for using her voice to speak on intersectional feminist issues, such as what it means to be a modern Muslim woman. Join us at Bread and Butter to hear from Zena and enjoy home-cooked Egyptian food. Tickets for this event are available on our website. You will also find details in the information section of this podcast. We hope to see you there. Today's story is also from Bread and Butter. On March 20th, 2019, Ron Bradfield Jr. joined us at the Centre for Stories for World Storytelling Day. Ron is a saltwater fella from Bardi country, but grew up in Geraldton. He now calls Wajak Budja his home. So, I was 14 years old when I told my grandfather that I didn't believe that I was the boy that I thought I should be, given my circumstances and given who my grandfather was. I didn't know my language. I didn't know my law. I never grew up in country. And I didn't hold the same kind of place as a 14-year-old boy did back where my family grew up. And for that, I felt that I had let my grandfather down. You need to understand, my grandfather was an incredible man, born somewhere around the 1920s. He grew up in a time, of course, that had survived the arrival of others who then went into Bardi country and took the things that they wanted to make their empire. He then survived the time that Western Australia determined what its act would be in 1905. And he then survived a time when the church imposed itself in that place and robbed the Kimberley people, West Kimberley people of that peninsula, the right to connect and be and, and live in their law in that place up at the tip of Cape Levique in Western Australia. My grandfather was the last of the senior lawmen from where I come from at that time. My grandfather was an incredibly intelligent man. He spoke all of the languages of the peninsula and the West Kimberley. That's at least five or six different languages. He then spoke Japanese, Malay, Filipino, and then English. All of the languages that he needed to do business amongst those who were trading in pearl, shifting beef, <coughs> trying to exist in and amongst the industry that was coming out of Broome and Derby at that time. And the kind of thing that climbed on a kind of industry that was tipped onto a pearl lugger and floated down the coast to Perth from the various ports as you would go up and down 
chasing that Lewin current. My grandfather survived all of that and he survived the nature of how it was that the church started to take the children from the places they were and started to tell the children that the language didn't matter and the ways that they lived in that place didn't matter. And he maintained and protected and hid his law and culture. My grandfather was an incredibly generous man. He shared his business and helped others come to learn why it was that the anchors that existed were the Bari, Jawi, Nyonyo people, Jabba Jabba people and the people of the peninsula existed in that place and in the way that it did. And why it was important that you carried these things around inside you as you actually created your own little bubble in the world that you came to be in. My grandfather was never what I would say was a loud or boisterous man. He just occupied space beautifully and quietly. I think the one time that I remember my grandfather actually reacting to something was the time that I saw his hand move, grab a boomerang, that was why his knee next to his tobacco tin, and reach out and smack. A fellow was sitting next to him who actually did something incredibly rude in the circle of men where they were sitting at the time. As my grandfather reminded that man that were protocols and particular things that you had to abide by in that conversation at that time. And that man sat down. So quietly, that moment was dealt with in an instant and that circle continued with their business. He could move incredibly quick at times. He was also a rat bag. And that quickness helped him do things like catch frilled neck lizards so that he could then go up to my grandmother and tap her on the shoulder <laughs> so that she could face that frilled neck lizard, <laughs> scream at him all sorts of obscenity in, in Marty, and then tell him off and run away. My grandfather had an incredible grasp of the nature of people and why it was that they should live together and incredibly and during incredibly trying times. My grandfather just occupied space for myself and so many others that we just felt like perhaps there was no way that we could ever really be who it was that we thought we should be. Well, of course that was never my grandfather's intent. And I'm sitting next to this old man and he smells of tobacco, uh, sweat, just the kind of honest things that I expect to smell in a place like one arm point up there in the peninsula. And I'm looking at this old man with his thick glasses and his white stubble and his hat. And I'm wondering how it is that I could ever come to be someone like that old man.
what I've come to learn, I guess now, by stint of circumstance and growing older, was that my grandfather had incredible foresight. And on that day, my grandfather reached out and he put his hand on my forearm. And one of the softest gestures that I can remember, and he just said, my boy, don't you worry about that business now. Your mum was taken from us, see? And the world is changing. And the stuff, the things that are important and that we know today, all the stuff that marked us yesterday, will change. And they'll become something else tomorrow. And that'll be the world that you live in. And when you grow up, your feet will be in different camps. And they don't know it yet, but our people will need who you are when you arrive in that time. And he smiled and shrugged and we walked off and we went looking for other things. He was of course right. The world that we know today has changed. The places that we've left behind yesterday and the places that we go to tomorrow, they're different things. The appreciation of who we are as we move through these spaces and we head towards our tomorrow is probably all the more important, I guess, now, when you see things like what's occurred in Christchurch. <clears throat> My grandfather was an incredibly compassionate and caring man. And above all things, my grandfather demonstrated absolute tolerance in the face of so many things that he was forced to do differently in order not to be who he was in a time that wouldn't accept him as a Bardi man and the peoples that we were of in a place that others wanted to make theirs. And a whole institution wrapped itself around our peoples and told them that they couldn't live the way they lived and the way in which they actually tipped themselves into their beliefs and their practices wasn't that of good people and that you should learn these other things that would make you a good person tomorrow. And our country rolled on. And here we sit all as Australians in this place. And we're the legacy of that time and where this country's tomorrow. Tolerance, compassion and care above all other things because there is no place for the fear of others. 
that allows it to turn into a hate, that allows it to separate us all, so that there's a them, not an us. And today, of course, my grandfather was right. I have a foot in two camps and I get to share stories with people about who I was then, who I am today and who I hope to be tomorrow. And I carry my boys now, who are light-skinned, body boys, fair-skinned. And I tell them that that doesn't matter because who they are where they go in their life is actually the stuff that sits inside. And that's who we should be as a people. And that's what my grandfather <coughs> valued of all those who actually visited that peninsula. And that's what my grandfather helped us learn. And perhaps some of the softest ways we could ever actually come to appreciate a lesson like that from a man who probably survived some of the hardest of times. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this story, please rate, review and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like to listen to more stories, check out our upcoming events, subscribe to our mailing list or find out more about what we do, head to centreforstories.com.